Have you ever felt like there isn't enough time in the day or like you don't have time to take care of your well-being and build your dream? Or maybe you felt like it's impossible for you to go to work and still build that business that you envision at the same time. Well, so have we. And this is why we decided to make this podcast. This podcast is not just for PTs, OTs, MDs, or RNs. It's for everyone in healthcare. Our mission is to inspire you to make healthcare a better place and to build your business or brand through stories and real-life examples of some of the top leaders and entrepreneurs in healthcare. There's no better time than now. Welcome to Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, guys, I'm your co-host, Mr. Carl Boyne Jr., and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. Salutations to everybody. What's up? How y'all doing? Hope everybody's well and washing their hands. I like this. He, he's getting briefer and briefer. No more talking for five minutes. Say, I'm, like, I'm like Michael Jordan in like 93. I'm not saying anything anymore. That's it. Y'all just getting a hello, and that's it. Too many of you guys complained. So this is what you get now. (laughs) Without further ado, we have another special guest on this episode. Really excited about this. I we haven't had anybody in your field on the podcast yet. So this will be a good one. Without further ado, guys, I want to go ahead and introduce Miss Devin Walker. Miss Walker, how are you doing today? Thank you for joining us. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Hey, everyone. Absolutely. So we like to be respectful of your time. With that being said, let's just go ahead and dive right into it. So first question right off the bat. Tell us, why did you choose to pursue the field that you're in? Why counseling? Why not something else? Okay, so I am a therapist. Um, I'm also a yoga teacher. Um, what made me get into this field is actually when I, in 2012, when I was like 18, 19 years old, I lost my father and I lost him to suicide. And I was the one that actually found him. So from there, I also went into like a depression, as you can imagine. And then I was also diagnosed with like depression, anxiety, and post-traumatic stress disorder. So from there, I really went through a pretty tough time. I was still in school. I was originally going to school for nursing, like everybody does at first. (laughs) So I was going to school for nursing, and I always was interested in psychology, but I just felt like I couldn't make money with that type of degree. So I started going to therapy after that. Well, actually, my mama forced me to go to therapy. And I actually really liked it, though. Like, I started going to therapy. It was really cool. Like, I got to explore myself, learn more about myself, learn about, like, how I react to things and all that. And my therapist also, like, recommend me going to, like, trying out yoga just to, you know, build up my coping skills. And because of that, like, therapy and yoga like literally like saved my life I was very suicidal before I started doing those things so it changed my life and I just want and it just became like a light in my life so I want to be able to provide that light to others so that's why I decided to become a therapist and a yoga teacher 
first, my condolences. I know how tough it is to lose a family member. I feel like you never really get over it. You just, you know, learn how to live with it. So my condolences on that. Thank you. I think that is, it's incredible how out of just like despair and negativity and, and a lot of the bad things that life can throw at us, we can end up reaping some reward from that. Had that never happened, you would have never went down the path that you chose to go down. And I think that this topic specifically is something that I think is very important. I think it's very important to be able to to talk about uh, mental health in general, because speaking at least for for the African-American community, that's something that, you know, we, we struggle with. Um, especially African American males, with, with going to to see a, a therapist because mm-hmm. they think they shouldn't tell someone else their problems and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think that being able to have your head on right, or at least being able to have that emotional intelligence, helps you not just as an entrepreneur, but in your professional journey and in your everyday life. Yeah. So, my question to you. Um, with that being said is how how do you feel you're able to kind of serve in your role as a therapist and, and providing counsel to other people while still balancing how to give yourself the the right advice and the right amount of nourishment to make sure that you're not pouring from an empty cup? Um good question. I think one of the biggest things that I do is set boundaries. So when I clock out, I literally clock out. I leave that at work. I try my best to. Sometimes I do hear some things where I'm just like, I'm worried about my client. But I leave work at work. Um, I also have like these boundaries set like with my loved ones. Like they know, of course, like they can call me if they need a vent or anything like that. But for the most part, they know hey, they call me and they'll be like, hey, do you have like the mental capacity to talk to me right now? So they know to ask me that before doing so. Because some days I do, some days I don't. So I make sure I set those type of boundaries. I engage in self-care a lot. So I do um, still take yoga. I also have my own therapist and she's amazing. I go to therapy like every week still. (laughs) So I still have my own therapist. Um, And, you know, like self-care. I like to watch like, I know there's some people say it's horrible and it's bad for the brain and the mind, but I like to watch reality TV because I don't really have to think about it. Like I don't, except for Love and Hip Hop. Love and Hip Hop has gotten a little too clinical for me because I'll be looking at some of these girls on there and I'm just like, oh, she got mommy issues. And I just don't want to think about that while I'm watching TV. So I like to watch a lot of shows that are where I don't really don't have to think about it. Like, you know what I mean? Other self-care things that I do is like, I make sure like I have time outside because, you know, as humans, we just have to connect with the earth. Even though a lot of people be like, oh, outside is disgusting. But like, literally, we have to ground. So you have to have time where you walk outside or like put your feet in the grass. Like it really helps you. So those are some things that I do to prevent me from pouring from an empty cup. But I'm gonna be honest, sometimes I do, it happens. And in those moments, I have to literally just like reschedule clients or take a step back for a couple of days just to recharge. Let me ask a few questions of my own. But first, I do want to point out, like, just to kind of echo 
what Carl said. You know, I think in my own personal experience, I took, I think it was a human behavior class on OZA. It was a while back. And, you know, one of the things the teacher was like, you know, if you, if you go to see a therapist, I'll give you like one free exam. And I was like, yo, sign me oh, up. Oh, that was good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sign me up. <laughs> but I've never been. And I, and I remember like, you know, granted, you hear all the stigma, like, you know, we don't do that, bottle it up, everything. And I'm the same way, right? Most of the time, like, and maybe I do need to go therapy. Most of the time, like, I have an on and off switch. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, as people like me, I think the big thing, too, is for me, it's hard to, like, we've been doing this thing in my relationship where we've been looking for, like, somebody that kind of looks like us because that's an important thing to us. But, you know, just to, to start off by echoing just, like, how cool and amazing it is that you do what you do because I do know that there's that subset of people that need it. Mm-hmm. However, they can't have a connection with it because it just doesn't resonate with them visually or spiritually or emotionally to some certain degree you know i remember when i did it yeah or communication i think that's a big part of it communication like for the therapist we're gonna talk about that real quick too Mm -hmm. i just from even just to echo that part i remember like when i did it for the class i went to like three people i walked into the room we started talking i was like yeah you're not the one you know (laughs) and it wasn't until like the fourth person where i was like okay i think i'm comfortable Mm-hmm. these conversations so let, let's just start off there forget my question let's start here even when it comes to communication first of all I love that you 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 did share that you have your own therapist because I always wonder like if the people that listen to our problems who listens to their problems yeah they're grand therapists right the grand therapists and you know I'm hoping like <laughs> they have like their own person but like when it comes to communication I I think like your field is one of those where you have to almost be like a master communicator mm-hmm. you know and so how is it over and oh, this is gonna fit right well. Okay, okay, we're gonna teach. Well, you're gonna teach today. But how how over the years have you had to learn how to like craft how you communicate in a very direct, effective, but still don't get somebody into their feelings. Yeah. Type of manner, you know. What 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 have you had to do over the years to kind of get to that stage? I had to kind of go through. Okay, so let's start with the fact that the whole time I always had my voice. I really didn't have to find anything because I was already there. But I had to go through a period where I was trying to be like this therapist or I was trying to have like my telephone voice on or I was trying to co-switch. In reality, I had the voice all along because with my clients, I talk exactly like this. And I use slang and if they cuss, I'm like, well, you know, that shit sucks too, you know? So you just had to talk to them like that because this is how we talk within our culture. We don't, we get tired of code switching. They don't want to sit, nobody want to sit there and code switch with their therapist. So I talk just like I talk to my friends. So it wasn't, I really didn't have to craft anything because I already knew how to talk like that. Okay. So your clients come to you, right? And and they've honestly made the decision that you're going to be the person for them, at least on that half of the equation. And I'm just going to assume that you don't just say yes to everybody, right? No. Okay. So as a therapist, uh, especially, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, um, how do you make the decision, right? Almost like, because I feel like to some degree, anybody that you decide to like take them on as your client, you're making like a business arrangement, like a contract, right? Obviously it's like, yo, we're going to spend this time together. I'm going to help you overcome whatever it is or work through, I don't know, whatever's going to happen in the session, HIPAA. But how do you make the decision from your end to say, okay, this is somebody that I'm willing to work with because A, B, C, and D? 
it really depends on like if they fit within my specialty and the type of things that they're dealing with. But that's pretty much what it depends on. Now, if it's something like outside of my scope, like let's say eating disorders. I mean, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do that. I mean, I know how to do that, but it's not like my thing. So I wouldn't, if they had an eating disorder, I would have a hard time like, you know, providing therapy. I can do it, but it's just not necessarily like my scope of practice. So it just depends on like what they're struggling with, what they're looking for. A lot of people come to me for just like, you know, processing like childhood trauma, dealing with high functioning anxiety and depression. They're typically like professionals, typically minority, either black or Hispanic or like Haitian or some type of um, African. And those, that's typically, I would say that's like my, my area. And they're typically women. Although I have been having some black males come to me and I'm really excited about working with them. But (laughs) Y'all are a piece of work. <laughs> Y'all just don't be wanting to talk. I be having to pull it out of them. But yeah, so that's pretty much how I decide. And then plus you can kind of tell if you can vibe with them or not. It's literally like a vibe. And like I had like a client, a new client last week and she went through like two different therapists and then she met me and after like 15 minutes of talking, she was like, yeah, that's you it. And then I, I knew too, I knew that we were going to be a good fit. It's just something that you kind of know. Like, you know what I mean? Kind of like that saying, what's understood doesn't have to be explained. Is that the quote? <laughs> so, yep, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. I'm going to ask one more question, Carl. See, this is why people complain. Because I asked you. <laughs> right? this, this is literally why. Right, people have issues because this. But I don't care. Okay. So, now my, my follow-up question, question to that is, as you work, right? As a healthcare individual, like, have you set up? like a set of like principles or something like that, like rules that you live by. One, like as a therapist, as a yoga instructor, right? Mm-hmm. What are the set of rules that, that you live by? Like, cause I know everybody has to have some sort of code. Like mine is just rock solid, but hmm. w- what is your code? What's your set of principles? So like when somebody comes in, you're like, you know what, no matter what, this is what I'm about. Right. Cause granted, I think at some point I remember I almost got fired out of therapy. Okay. Like my therapist almost said like, yo, you're not doing anything. So you might have to go, but you know, what are the codes that you live by at least as a therapist that allow you to continue to function at a high level? I mean, part of it you said is like, you set boundaries, right? With the fam and everything like that. So like, to me, that speaks to it in that manner, but like, especially with clients, like what are those set of principles and like codes that you set with clients so that life moves where it's supposed to? I know one of the main, I'm not sure if this answers your questions, but I know one of the main things is just being sure that we are both being authentic. So if it's been like so many sessions and I still feel like they're just, it's just like a brick wall. Okay. Well, maybe we not as cool as I thought we were. You may need, I may need to recommend you out, like give you a referral of somebody that you feel more comfortable with to let your guard down. Cause you, I think it's not only, it doesn't help me, but also doesn't help you to spend all this money and you're not even getting things out. So that's one thing, like being their authentic self, not feeling like they have to hold back things for me because of fear of judgment for me, which that's absolutely not the case. Like my, my room is a judgment-free zone. It's a safe space. 
and I hear some of the craziest things and my facial expression will not even change. I guess that's just one of like one of the main codes is just being your authentic self and making sure this space feels like a safe space to you. Because if it doesn't, I need to probably refer you out. That's fair. And I, I like that because I think what you said earlier, you know, about yourself, you know, you mentioned the fact that you you already had your voice, you know, so you didn't you didn't really have to change anything, you know, you just had to meet them where they were at. And I think that by you doing that, it, it definitely it definitely sets you apart from just being an average therapist. Because so I <laughs> I went to a therapist for the first time last year. And that was, that was a, it was a good experience. You know, I felt like, like we had a very good conversation. Um, it was something I always wanted to try and I, and I felt like it was good. I left, I felt like, all right, cool. You know, I, I did what I needed to do. I'm good. I think that in the process of trying to find the right therapist though, it could be difficult because sometimes it's, it's hard to see whether they're really genuine versus if they're just putting on a facade to try and appeal to you, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that is, I think that is, it's really dope how you present yourself and the fact that you're like, this is me, you know, because at the end of the day, I think for clients that maybe the first session or the first two sessions, they're still feeling you out. After a while, they realize like, okay, like this is really her. It's not a facade. One of the things that kind of directing this elsewhere, one of the things that I feel as professionals, as entrepreneurs, that a lot of people struggle with is anxiety. So when it comes to anxiety, if there were some practical tips that you would give, just just general tips that you would give anyone who just wants to have something they can do at home to work on their anxiety, what would be some of those tips that you would give them? Um, of course, you know, all the stuff that you see in online, like breathing, meditation, yoga. But I think really just starting to um, also like label your, your emotions. So call that thing a thing because unless you, if you don't know what the thing is, you can't really address or fix the thing. Fix with air quotes because <laughs> in reality we really don't fix nothing we just learn how to deal with it but yeah just really um naming your emotions I always tell my clients to google like I have my own personal one but for the listeners I'm going to encourage you to google like a feelings wheel so it's just a wheel with different emotions on it and it starts like from the center it has like the basic emotions like anger disgust surprise confused sadness and then it goes out to more um, detailed emotions. So typically when you figure out like how to name your emotions, you can start to think about, okay, what made me think this way? What made me, well, what made me feel this way? And you can think about the situation that made you feel this way, that made you feel that way. And then after that, you can also kind of pinpoint, okay, when that happened, what was I thinking? Because our thoughts drives our behavior and our emotions. And most of the time, we're mean as hell to ourselves. You are the meanest person to yourself. Like, nobody will ever be as mean to you as you are to yourself. So most of the time, we tell ourselves some mean things. We tell ourselves irrational things. So it's good to get to 
what you're actually thinking. And it's crazy to think like we really don't even know what we're thinking because our thoughts are so automatic, you know, but that's what I'm going to suggest. So figure out your actual emotion, then figure out what situation triggered the emotion and then figure out your actual thought. And then from there, try to change your thoughts to something more rationally or something more positive. But at the same time, kind of understand sometimes shit just sucks and emotions just kind of come and go. Um, we tend to think of happiness like as like this destination, like, oh, I'll be happy when I do X, Y, Z, or when I get to this point, I'll be happy. In reality, happiness is like a journey. Like some days you may find it easily. Another day may not, may not be nowhere in sight, but that's completely okay for the days when you really can't find it because that's part of life. And imagine how like boring life would be if nothing happened. Like, you know what I mean? If you were just happy all the time and nothing bad happened, it would be so boring. So that's just kind of part of us being human. I like, <laughs> I like a lot of that, but <laughs> I want to kind of talk on, on one part that you said that I feel like it's, oh my gosh, this is something that we really need to to dive into a little bit. So absolutely we are the meanest <laughs> to to ourselves and i think a lot of the time that's why they have that saying that says you know you can be your biggest enemy you know or your 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 greatest cheerleader or greatest mm -hmm. asset and one thing that you mentioned was being able to kind of redirect those thoughts that you're having that may be negative or or mm -hmm. that aren't beneficial to your growth so for you what was it what was it like how's the process for you going through overcoming those negative thoughts like what does that look like for you whenever you you have a negative thought that comes into your mind maybe you're dealing with a little bit of imposter syndrome you know maybe it's just not a good day in general how have you been able to train yourself to kind of switch you know those negative thoughts off and focus on things that are more beneficial to you um, so it kind of depends, like you said, if it's like something where I'm struggling with like imposter syndrome and I just do what exactly what I just told y'all, I kind of just go through the thought process of like, why am I feeling like this? Like, how am I feeling first of all? And then when I realize I'm feeling maybe overwhelmed and then I realize a situation at work triggered that thought and it will trigger the feeling and then I realize okay my thought was I wasn't good enough and then I kind of just look at the situation for what it is and it's just like no it's not that I'm not good enough it's just I'm learning different skills and you know when you're learning different skills or when you're getting like constructive criticism I mean it's not gonna always feel good but it doesn't necessarily mean that you did anything wrong so in that situation I just kind of change it to that viewpoint more not more so because you know some people be like oh let me think more positive like oh everything's gonna be all fine all fine or everything will work out and that can turn into toxic positivity if you're just like too positive all the time you need some negativity in your life honestly it's healthy so um in those type of situations i'll just look at the situation for what it is and try to look at it like it's not that i suck it's just i'm learning and or in situations where I had I just had a bad day and it really was a bad day. My tire went flat. I was an hour late for work. My client got mad at me. Uh, one of my friends got mad at me. 
that's literally a bad day. And I can identify that I feel kind of sad because of that. And I can sit in that. I can go home, watch TV, maybe have a glass of wine. Not too much because, you know, you don't want to cope negatively with alcohol. But um, <laughs> I can, like, allow myself to sit and have that bad day. It's okay. A bad day doesn't mean a bad life or a bad week. You can allow yourself to just have those moments. It's cool. You're looking like, huh? huh. I'm <laughs> like, just having revelation after revelation, and I just wrote in like capital <laughs> letters toxic positivity because I just I need us to come back to that. Mm-hmm. I have a whole post on it on my Instagram. Oh, we'll have to share that out. Let me ask you a question. I'm going to ask from both sides. Okay, so like I get, and this might just be about me, but I get that we are mean to ourselves and I understand Mm -hmm. that sometimes we can just like go down this spiral, Mm -hmm. right? But I've noticed, at least in my case, I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but Mm -hmm. usually the awareness portion of it happens like at the end, after I've gone through the tunnel of like whatever, right? There's moments where I'll be like pissed and I'm just like, yo, I'm really big mad right now. And 30 minutes, an hour will pass by and then I'll be like, oh, damn, I was mad because like somebody in my mango and that just like. Somebody hid your mango? I really like mangoes. But um, oh. is it unhealthy <laughs> that I get upset? Maybe. But. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> um, you're, you're just speaking. Okay. I'm yeah, just I'm like, just giving oh, an example. Really right? get mad yeah, no, I'm just giving an example. Right. Okay. <laughs> people realize like maybe at the end of the day even in my relationship right mm-hmm. um i'll just put it out there'll be moments where i'll just like really be annoyed or like upset about certain things because i'm a certain type of way so like me i go by the schedule like if i put something in my planner it's getting done right mm-hmm. and like i don't want to have to ask my partner like multiple times hey did this 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 happen because we're also business partners so there's that balance of like you know i love you and at the same time like we have business to get done, you know, mm-hmm. but how, how do you, the listeners are lucky because y'all about to get some free game here. How do you identify at the beginning, you know, or how do you even get yourself to be at a place where you can actually recognize like, oh, I'm about to spiral or I'm about to have, start having like some super negative thoughts mm-hmm. about myself. Cause I think for me, it's like, I realize it at the end and that does me no good. That's more like a reflection thing. How can I get myself to like stop it at the start or at least towards like within the first like two to three minutes being like, okay, this, I'm not really mad. This is more because of something else. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, anger and anything upset, madness, all that, that's a secondary emotion. So typically you're something else that first. So you're either sad, you're either embarrassed, you're either frustrated, something of that nature. So we're we're never just mad just to be mad. We're usually like either hurt or something like that. So like I said, it's just good to identify that first emotion that you're experiencing before you get to that point. But I think you also have to kind of notice how these other emotions feel in your body physically. And that's kind of when like the yoga and the meditation and all that comes in. You need to kind of understand what is your, your regular, what word am I thinking of? Base. That's not the word I'm thinking of, but you know what I'm talking about. Your regular level, your equilibrium of where you're normally at, how you normally feel in your body and all that. Because when you're mad, what you typically get hot 
or when you're embarrassed, you typically get high. When you're sad, you may feel like something in your stomach. When you're anxious, you may feel your heart beating a little bit fast or your hands sweating. So you want to try to notice like those physical symptoms in your body because those your body will tell you before your mind does. So that is a good way to kind of notice. That's a good like rule of thumb but also just like going to therapy and just practicing like identifying your emotions and it just gotta be like and then like breaking it down to the situation and thoughts it just has to kind of be like something you practice over and over again until it becomes automatic just like how those negative thoughts and those irrational thoughts became automatic so the other side of that question i know a few people who I can confidently identify like they're just a little too happy. Um, so how, how do you identify that you are in a state of like toxic positivity where just everything is all sunshine and roses? I guess just kind of noticing how people respond to you when they are needing more so of like a shoulder to lean on and you tell them, oh, everything's going to work out, or, oh, people have it much worse than you. It's kind of noticing how people respond to you, and then just kind of noticing how you feel, just like, are you feeling authentic? Because most people that deal with that toxic positivity, they're not being their authentic selves, and they're not denying, like, their real emotions, and that's something that you can kind of feel, like, you know what I mean? It's a difference between kind of, like, challenging negative thoughts and challenging irrational thoughts and just being positive just like all the time it's a big difference it's like a balance it's a happy medium that you gotta find i want to kind of switch gears a little bit so on instagram you have your page you have your personal page and um then you have your blog page um which is like your brand so to speak right is, is it fair to, to say that's kind of like your brand or how you're branding yourself? Um, well, how I'm branding myself like as an influencer is like sent from Devin. That's my Instagram page. So mm-hmm. just like mental health blogger, wellness influencer. Then I'm, I have another page. Are you talking about self-care gang? Yep. Mm-hmm. Self-care gang is actually just a random page that I made because I really love quotes. <laughs> and like memes and I just made it and then it just blew up <laughs> and I don't know how that happened um but now I plan to make it into like a wellness platform so kind of like refinery 29 have you heard of that page or exo nicole <laughs> oh, well it's like different wellness platforms that like post okay. like self-care stuff so I want to turn that more into like a wellness platform so I actually have staff and stuff and maybe like host retreats or, you know, give back to the community in different ways. So this was just something that you literally just, you just were like, why not? I'm going to make it like you weren't in any specific state of mind. There wasn't anything like specifically going on in your life that triggered it. You just (laughs) went for it. I just made it. (laughs) I don't know why. I can't even tell you what my thought process was that day. I was literally just like in the bed and I just made it. You know, it's crazy, though, kind of looking at some of these things, though. I can see why, mm-hmm. you know, right off the bat. So I opened it, right, because I'm here doing, like, mad research. <laughs> <laughs> I opened it, and it's even, right, like, the first thing I saw was, like, your mind will always believe everything you tell it. You feed it faith, you feed it truth, you feed it with love, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, like, I'm seeing that, and I'm like, oh, dang, like, that hits me 
right here because that's stuff like I'll write in my journal every morning where I'm just like every morning I wake up I just have to like tell my mind like okay today's gonna be great yeah or you'll make the best of it whichever yeah. happens you know Literally. so I just appreciate that it's just a random fun fact absolutely yeah. had nowhere to nothing to do with what Carl was saying <laughs> okay. I'm sorry so I lost, the audience my, lost my train of thought upset with you is that why the audience gets mad yes, <laughs> yes it is that's why yes, it is all right so let's talk about this this platform that you want to build this this wellness platform that you you want to make from from self-care gang so what does that look like to you in in like the next five years or so? Ideally, what would what would you want it to look like? Hmm, I see it having like you know maybe a million followers, maybe a couple mil, you know, able to put like maybe other women of color therapists on, or even men of color therapists because that's growing too. Maybe like scholarships for people to get free therapy sessions. Maybe even like an app to connect people to therapists retreats but like something that's gonna bridge the gap in between like mental health and just being like a regular person or a regular young person or average age person that likes to you know have fun and have a good time because I feel like even though there are a lot of um, black therapists I feel like a lot of them are also so stuck in their professional bag <laughs> that yeah you can relate to them and you feel comfortable with them but how can I put this but at the same time it's just like you're a professional but do you have fun too like you know what I mean um so I just want to bridge the gap in between like self-care and actually just being a person because for the longest in like social media and just media in general it's just like when you think of self-care when you think of wellness you just think of like your green juices and meditating and drinking water and staying in on friday and saturday nights completely different from you know the average person that may like to go to a bar and you know occasionally get drunk or hang out and turn over with their friends and i kind of want to bridge the gap in between that because it's possible to be both so it's room to be both. Like you can hold both in both hands. Talking a little bit about the, 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 the meditation and the yoga piece. I have tried guided meditations before. And I think, I think that they're, they're unique. You know, I think that they're, they're really helpful. I think especially when it comes to a point where maybe you need to to just relax your mind or calm down. Like I used to do it before uh, certain exams that, that I would take. Mm -hmm. And I found that to be like a, a very beneficial tactic that I used with like the, the, the yoga piece, how, like, talk to me, talk to me a little bit about that. Like how, how did you start getting into that? Like for someone who's listening and maybe they're interested in doing yoga or meditating and they just don't know where to start, like what, what would be some, some uh, tips that you would give them to get started on that? Um, I'm always going to recommend going to an actual yoga class compared to like watching a YouTube video. YouTube videos, I feel like that's something that you do like once you've been doing it for, you've done it a few times, but I want to suggest like, going to an actual yoga class maybe finding looking at the hashtags within your town like Dallas yoga teacher or Atlanta yoga teacher and try to find a yoga teacher 
that's within like your area that you think you will vibe with um, because finding like the perfect yoga teacher for you is also like kind of like finding the right therapist because some yoga teachers like to play just like instrumentals and real calm music and then you have like a yoga teacher like me I like to play like R&B and rap and hip-hop and all that Afrobeat, all that <laughs> so like you got to find like the teacher that works for you where it won't where you won't be so much in your head when you're actually in the class because yoga is hard it's harder than what people think it is and if you don't have like the right teacher in the right environment you're going to be in your head so much where you're going to be like I am not doing that again so you got to find like the right teacher um to help you help guide you through that so I'm always going to recommend like going to a yoga studio on the real why is yoga so hard Ooh, I don't know because you're I guess because you're stretching parts that you normally don't stretch and then like we hold them and then you got to focus on your breath it's like so many things that you're doing at once all right and I love that you said that because what I want to ask you then becomes like what's the connect for you between yoga and therapy so with yoga and therapy I feel like they both try to help you find like grounding and peace in a world that's constantly moving. So it's like trying to find your center in a world full of chaos. So I think that's the connect right there. They both do the same thing. But for some people, like yoga may literally not be it for them. Um, It may be, they may connect more with like kickboxing or cycling or whatever. Like you just gotta find what works for you. I feel like you're just dragging me through the mud today. I'm having like self-revelations <laughs> after everything. <laughs> so I'm here like, man, like, dang, <laughs> what am I? Um, you, and, you know, know that's kind of just like when people think about meditation, yeah, guided meditations are good and breathing is good, mm-hmm. but you can determine what is meditation for you. Like for me, I like having a cop my coffee in the morning or like my tea in the morning or my tea at night before I go to bed and just having that moment where I'm just drinking that and nothing else some people like to read like the news that may be like their form of meditation like you can determine what is meditative to be to you or like even just like driving your car listening to podcasts you can figure out what is your type of meditation but always you know of course guided meditation and regular meditation sitting in silence and breathing is the ideal and the original form of meditation but you can have other forms so with that with that being said because that's that's interesting I've, I've never heard it put that way I think for the most part typically when I hear people discuss meditation they think about I just thought of the Instagram post I'm sorry no no you're down. good um, <laughs> they 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 talk about prayer you know or just sitting peacefully still and just Mm -hmm. focusing on your breathing but I've Mm -hmm. never thought about it in terms of what what does it mean to you you know like it could be like you said driving in your car listening to a podcast or for you it's having your coffee or your tea um in the morning or before bed and so my question to you because of because of that and you saying that it's what you want it to be. What then should the purpose of meditation be so that someone can decipher what their form of meditation needs to be? So one thing that I always say is praying is when you talk to God, but meditation is when God talks to you. 
So basically that's what it is. When you can have that moment where you can allow things to come to you like naturally without you forcing it and thoughts to come to you um, naturally without forcing it, that is meditation. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely taking that quote. <laughs> um, no, but, but, but seriously, that, that was good because I think it's very important for us to be able to establish, you know, that personal time to mm-hmm. let thoughts and let things just come natural to you. Because I, I think that a lot of people in their entrepreneurial journey or just professionally or just life in general I think what tends to happen is we at least speaking from a standpoint where you know we believe in God we believe in in a higher being and we're like why is God not talking to me you know and and we force these these feelings and these thoughts of maybe he's saying this maybe he's saying that but it's not until you get into that that state of mind where you're just still you know, and, and things come to you naturally where it feels like that divine intervention, that divine yeah. connection is being made. So I, I, I love that. I think that's, I think that's really amazing. My last question for you, if you could change one thing about healthcare, what would it be and why? The cost. The cost and I would change the cost, but I also would make sure that like the the workers are still getting paid, you know, I will make it beneficial on both ends, but the cost is just absolutely ridiculous. And some, and you know, I provide therapy and I try to do it on a sliding scale, but sometimes I'm just like, look, I gotta make some money. I gotta, you gotta pay for these skills. I, I went to school for a long time. So <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try to discount it as much as I can, but this is the lowest I can go. And that's really pushing it. So. <laughs> But really just the cost of things and just making it more accessible. Because I think like in the UK, like how they have like healthcare for everyone and everyone can still get like therapy and everything like that. And it's free. But like the therapists and the doctors are still getting paid like American therapists and doctors, if not more. So that would definitely be something that would definitely be the thing I would change. I lied. This is my last question for real. So for for anyone who is listening, you know, and maybe this is their first their first time hearing you, their first time, you know, getting to to know a little bit about you. If you could leave them with some words of wisdom, what would they be? Everything you need is already within you. Period. <laughs> that's it, that's all. Period what? Period who? <laughs> I can dig it. I can dig it. Um, Devin, listen, this was this was amazing. Thank you so much for hopping on because it's very, very important for us to talk about mental health. A lot of the times it's very easy to worry about finances and uh, marketing and, you know, everything that goes into being an entrepreneur and everything that goes into business. But I think it's very important for us to be able to take a step back and self-assess and be aware of how we're feeling like you said you know being able to think okay why am I feeling this way and kind of think through that process so I think that I think that this episode is going to help a lot of people uh we're really grateful that you made the time to to hop on here it it means a lot 
before we let you go, I know you mentioned it earlier already, but just for anyone you know who who may have missed it, what are the social media handles or you know anything that you're willing to share for someone who may want to get in contact with you? Um, well, my Instagram, well, I'm sent from Devin, so sent from Devin D E V Y N on Instagram, Twitter and facebook um and then self-care gang so self-care.gang on instagram for like you know all your motivational quotes um also be on the lookout for you know some things coming out for self-care gang and then if you're in if you're in texas and you're interested like in therapy you can always email me at devin d-e-v-y-n-w at wefixbrains.com perfect perfect listen it was a pleasure Thank you for bringing those gems. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So guys, this concludes our episode. As always, me and Paul are deeply appreciative of each and every one of you. You could have been anywhere else, but you chose to be here listening to us. So if you got some value from this, subscribe, share, you know, shoot us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And with all that being said, we will catch you guys next time. Peace and many blessings. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. This episode was brought to you by The Accepted System. The Accepted System is a program that helps pre-physical therapy students get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money. This episode was also brought to you by PhysioMemes. PhysioMemes helps PT businesses to increase their referrals through word-of-mouth marketing by growing their brand with an online store. PhysioMemes. This episode was also brought to you by the Acceptance Navigator series. Most pre-PT students go on to spend hundreds of dollars applying to multiple DPT programs, with the majority of them having less than 40% confidence that they will actually get accepted that cycle. You have been taught that regardless of all the work you put into applying, you really don't have much control over your acceptance into PT school. The truth is, you actually do. Let the Acceptance Navigator series show you how. You can find them at www.acceptancenavigator.com. When you go on there, make sure to let them know that Paul and Carl sent you over to jumpstart your acceptance into physical therapy school. Thank you for listening and keep tuning in.